everyone. This is Alan Schimmel for Security Boulevard Security Chat. And this will also be appearing on DevOps.com under DevOps Chat. So two chats for the price of one, though it's one chat. Uh, welcome. And we have a great uh, great guest lined up for today. I have Rohit Sethi. Uh, and I mispronounced that. I think it's actually Rohit Sethi. But in any event, you can correct me. Rohit, welcome. Thank you. Just for the record, say your name correctly. Rohit Sethi. Rohit. Okay. Rohit, uh, you know, as my mom used to say, call me anything you want, but not late for dinner. Um, <laughs> welcome to uh, Security Boulevard Security Chat, and, and thanks for joining us. So you are the COO of Security Compass, correct? Correct. And uh, I, there's probably people in our audience who maybe are not familiar with Security Compass. So why don't we why don't we start there? Can you give us a little bit of background on Security Compass? Sure. Uh, we are a, a firm that is specializing in software security, uh, and and we have three main offerings around that. So we have an advisory practice that does penetration testing and code reviews uh, and threat modeling, but also helping people build up their secure software program and, and especially more recently um, building up their sort of DevSecOps program uh, and, and building security into the DevOps pipeline. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have a training practice, which is uh, specialized in uh, training developers. Uh, we've partnered with ISC Squared uh, and we offer a certificate or badge program on uh, secure development um, for, for software developers. And then we have a product called SD Elements, which is a uh, application security requirements and threat management. I know that's a mouthful and what we're going to talk about today um, is, is a platform that helps people uh, build security and, and compliance to some extent into their software development process and particularly for, for agile and DevOps processes. Excellent. Now, so a couple of things that we want to talk about, Rohit, and, and one of them is recently Gartner's come out with another magic quadrant or a new magic quadrant where they're, where they're kind of lumping together what I personally always thought it was two distinct, uh, two distinct areas, and, they, and they're calling it, and I'm going to mess this up. Why don't you help me? ASRTM. ARSTM. Why don't you tell our audience what that stands for? Yeah, ASRTM is Application Security Requirements and Threat Management. And it's not quite a, a magic quadrant yet, but it's on the hype cycle. So the, yes, hype cycle, you're right. So, so they're identifying it as, as a sort of an emerging category for people to start paying attention to. Yep. And so for our audience and, and for me, even, talk to me, how, how did the nexus here between them? Yeah, so you can think of um, anything in this category as being tooling that helps you to build security into the onset of development. Uh, most of the tools that exist in the application security category today are some form of static analysis, dynamic analysis, interactive application security testing. So really all different kinds of testing, looking for security defects or blocking attacks in, in real time, right? So real-time application security protection or uh, web application firewalls, and many people, their entire budget is on testing and, um, and, and and sort of blocking attacks, but really very little focus on building security in from the start, except for perhaps some training. So, you know, the, everything in this tool category are, is essentially 
some kind of product that will help you to systematically and in kind of a scalable way build security in uh, so that you don't get those defects when you do your testing. And, and you know, perhaps more importantly, to prevent defects that perhaps those automated tools are, are just incapable of finding. Got it, got it, got it, got it. And um, so I'm not, you know, we, I think we've laid the foundation, if you will, Rohit. Let, let's jump into a little bit of uh, how this relates to DevOps and what we call DevSecOps. So why, yeah. go ahead, why don't you take a lead on that? Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> um, you know, De- DevOps is, is 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 a phenomenon that that's uh, you know, it's not just for sort of fast moving organizations. Even some of the the, the slower or I guess you could say larger companies are starting to embrace DevOps, as you know, um, and and it's becoming really quickly sort of a mainstream um, philosophy. And 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 uh, you know, there's just really rapid pace of change of, of tooling that people are looking at, at, and not just tooling but processes to be able to, you know, accommodate continuous integration, continuous delivery, and all of the uh, mentality changes and, and, and processes that have to change to, to, to allow that to happen. Now, when we think about the traditional secure software development lifecycle, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, um, activities that, that we've, we've typically, you know, suggested as in the security community about following a secure SDLC that are really kind of incongruent with this idea of either having really fast sprints or, or no, no sprint, no iterations, just be, you know, being able to take one ticket at a time, build it and deploy it. Uh, so the idea of doing like an architectural analysis or a one week or two week thread model, these things are sort of thrown out the door when the pace of development is too fast to keep up with it. And, and, and so that kind of, you know, opens up the, the need for automation. Now, there's, a, there's sort of a trend, and I would call it, I would label it a dangerous trend, that um, people are looking to 100% automated solutions to sort of take away the security problem, right? So you'll see, uh, you know, sometimes people will put together presentations on DevSecOps, and they'll say static analysis is sort of your way to handle secure coding, and then perhaps uh, some penetration testing on a periodic basis, and and you've kind of checked off the box for secure development. But the reality is that uh, you know that, that that in fact security is a lot more complex than that. Static analysis tools and dynamic analysis tools have their strengths, but they also have significant gaps. Um, you know, like we we actually uh, put together a, a white paper that talks about the, the the missing parts of what scanners you know to, can't find false negative gap. And uh, you know, one of the interesting things. Is you know if you if you look at sort of C C plus plus development for a second, um, one of the the most pervasive vulnerabilities is buffer overflows. This is the thing that caused Heartbleed and uh, WannaCry and Pet. Yeah, sort of the underlying root cause there was some memory management issue. And if you were to take sort of the best practice in terms of highly automated scanning solutions, you put them all together, they'd still be able to find less than half of all buffer overflow vulnerabilities. Yet this is what a lot of the industry is converging on as good enough from a software security perspective. So not everybody looks at it that way. And there, there's a lot of people who, who realize that there's a gap here that we need to do more than just scanning. It is an essential part of the solution, but we need to be able to, to identify what are all of the relevant threats to, to an you know, application development and uh, how do we actually build mitigating controls rather than fixing a vulnerability after the fact. So prevention 
instead of detection. And that's really where the ASRTM category fits in. It, it allows you to define what those controls are and, and build them into the software development process. Not only, in, in fact, from a security perspective, but also like compliance controls, some of the GDPR um, issues that, that, that will come up there. You have to kind of build data protection by design and default. You need a system, a systematic way to identify these as essentially requirements that go into your uh, uh, backlog, right? And that you can track whether or not they've, be, they've been tested. And that's quite different than the approach that people have typically taken to um, you know, finding vulnerabilities after the fact and fixing them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Rohit, our, our audience, especially from DevOps.com, of course, is, is extremely savvy to the whole DevOps and DevSecOps uh, terminology and, and kind of what's happening. One, one of the issues that we see with this, though, is, you know, so many of our, of our security solutions are geared for security professionals, yeah. where so much of the real responsibility for secure coding and secure apps lies with the developers. Yes. Right? And yeah. And no one, I, you know what? I've never met a developer, Rohit, who raises his hand and says, I want to develop insecure code or I, I want to have a, you know, an insecure application. They all want security, obviously, but they may yeah. not have the expertise. They may not have the support. They may not have the time, frankly, to yeah. to do it right. So, you know, how does a like a, a security compass type of uh, solution help not only the security guy but the the um, the developer as well? Yeah, excellent question. So, you know, the way that the workflow in in an ASRTM solution works. And you know, I'll talk specifically to, to SD Elements, which is our product, but you, you know, we're not the only product that, that does this, um, is that somebody in a product team, so we have a lot of clients that use it this way. Uh, it's, it's sort of a self-service model. So um, let's say like a project manager. And, and so you mentioned developer, but I would extend that to the entire development team, right? Product owners, product managers, uh, scrum masters, et cetera, right? Who are involved with building software. So, you, you, you know, you take sort of a lead, whether that's product manager, project manager, product owner, scrum master, lead developer, and um, they fill out a questionnaire uh, that's kind of like a base online um, ramp up of, of, of that software they're building. So they'll answer like a multi uh, multiple choice questionnaire. And then based on the results of that questionnaire, they'll get a defined set of uh, prescriptive controls that are essentially security user stories. Right, that you need to build in to your software. And then what they'll do is they'll integrate it into JIRA or Microsoft Team Foundation Server or whatever it is that the development team is using to manage their backlog. And then the product owner is then responsible for uh, grooming it just like they do feature or functional stories. Right. So now what we're doing is we're taking the um, taking the uh, backlog, which is sort of the de facto list of work that needs to be done, and we're putting non-functional requirements alongside the functional requirements, which allows the development team to take control of when they're going to implement security work or security features, um, as opposed to just reacting to a security defect that's found later on. So basically you're turning unplanned work into planned work. So that's the first thing that you do to sort of empower the development team. The other, of course, is that when, when you take a look at these requirements and these controls, 
uh, you actually start to bake training into it. So, you know, someone might get a control that talks about how to implement a secure password reset, right? So this is a feature in, in the system that, um, you know, is, is the kind of thing that you really can't find with an automated scanner, but that could lead to significant risk if it's done incorrectly. So, you know, you, could, you can actually have a JIRA ticket that talks about this, the correct way to implement secure password reset, and you can have an actual embedded training um, module so somebody can actually learn about, well, what are the ways that people exploit password reset at the time that they implement the control? So it's what we call just-in-time training. We think it's a really important, powerful concept, especially as it relates to fast-moving development. Absolutely. So... So, Rohit, I've always, Rohit, I've always wanted to ask this question then, and that is, it's incredibly difficult then as a security compass, let's say, yeah. to, to, I mean, number one, as a salesperson, to who do I sell to, who has the budget, who's my technical stakeholder, who's making yeah. decisions. But beyond, you know, pity, no one's going to play hearts and flowers for the sales team. Uh, but beyond that, as a as a as a solutions provider, is yeah. it, it you know serving serving two masters here? Yes. How's yes. I, you know. It, go ahead, sir. No, no. I was going to say how you know how does that? I just you know it's it's got to be really hard. It is hard. You know, I w- I wouldn't say that it's easy at all. But you know, I think it's it's critical work. Uh, like our, our vision as a company is a world where uh, you can trust technology. And like, I we really think that if we don't do security right, that, that that vision will not be realized. People will be afraid of technology to some extent. We won't be able to exploit the, the um, possibilities that technology affords us because we're afraid of vulnerable technology. And, and really, you know, when you think about the root cause of most of the security incidents, you know, sometimes it's an insecure web application, but sometimes it's a vulnerability in your desktop or operating system um, or, or uh, you know, like a, a browser component or something. But but so often it's a sec- secure coding issue. And so much of the sort of cybersecurity budget and infrastructure is based on the fact that, well, let's just take for granted that, that, the, that the software is insecure and let's find ways to to mitigate the risk. And of course, we'll never get 100% secure code, but we really think that there's a huge gap between what we can feasibly do, right, versus what's being done in industry today. Uh, and so, you know, that motivates us. And, and I think, um, you know, often when we start to, to, to talk about the data, we, you know, we talk about when we're, when we're talking, you know, to, to the chief information security officer, the chief information officer, we talk about a visibility gap that they have, right, which is that, um, Right now, the, the way that most companies work is they have uh, GRC solutions and, and sort of uh, policy departments to talk about what their high-level information security policy is. And then they may have some automated solutions to help uh, enable that policy. But there's sort of a gap between this high-level policy and then what are the specific things that an IT team needs to do to make sure that that policy is being followed and, and being able to track that. And that's really you know, I think at the heart of what an ASRTM solution, uh, you know, provides is the ability to take this policy, turn it into procedure, turn it into something you can track um, and, and and ensure consistency, right? Because you can't rely 100% on these, uh, on sort of automated scanners to catch everything. So you need to have this sort of uh, translation layer. And and we find that that, that, 
you know, that, that works pretty well. People are receptive to, to that need. Um, and then it, in fact, it's not just application security, but also involves infrastructure security, hardening servers and that sort of thing. Um, vendor security, you know, vendor risk management, cloud security, how secure your cloud applications and how do you know what to, to test against? So just like a variety of, of needs are, are, are met by adopting um, a program really that, 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 that allows you to define your security controls at a granular level that your DevOps teams can implement them and you can track that. Fair, fair enough. So what, what does the future hold here then? Well, you know, I, I am, my hope is that we realize that vision, right? Like, you know, we get to a point, what, what I would like to see, you know, for me, success in the long term is that when we find that there is a vulnerability that's exploited in the wild, it, that, that, never, that vulnerability never creeps into code again, right? Like if we know how to mitigate it, then it's mitigated forever. And we're so far away from that reality right now, right? Like a lot of the real world exploits, you trace down to what is the, what is the root cause? It's a, it's a secure coding issue that we've known for 15 or 20 years in some cases. Um, and, and it's just not good enough. So, you know, the, we'd like to get to a place where the only hacks that occur are, are really novel, right? Like, like we've never seen anything like this before. And some really profound security researcher has found a, a security issue that they've spent a significant amount of time understanding that specific domain, right? But, but not SQL injection, right? Not, not parameter manipulation, not things that we've known for, for years. And, and, and that's really, I think, where we want to go. And I, and I think that inevitably that's the direction that the industry is going to move towards. Agreed. Agreed. Um, really, when we started, I, I told you the time goes quick, and, and we are coming uh, up on our 15-minute uh, window. But let me give the listeners, they want to find out more about Security Compass. Where, where can they find out more? Well, uh, of course, <coughs> you have you know, securitycompass.com talks quite a bit about uh, you know, what our offerings are, um, you know, you can feel free to, to email us, uh, info at securitycompass.com. I'm personally on, on Twitter. So you can, you can follow me just at R-K-S-E-T-H-I. Uh, we have, we have a LinkedIn page for security compass as well. So lots of different ways you can interact with us. Um, and, uh, you know, like, uh, like I said, we, we, uh, offer training. So a lot of people who are just want to learn more about application security, you know, we, we have courses that you can just sort of enroll yourself. Um, and and we'll be we'll be releasing more of those in in the near term future as well. Got it. Um, all right. So Rowit Sethi, thanks very much for being our guest on this uh, episode of Security Boulevard Security Chat as well as DevOps Chat. And we look forward to hearing more about Security Compass in the coming months. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it. <laughs> all righty. Rowit Sethi, a Security Compass here on Security Boulevard. This is Alan Schimmel, and we'll see you soon on another DevOps or Security Boulevard chat.